is risen, nothing else matters. If Christ is not risen, nothing else matters. Think of the profound statement that that is. Um, I, I listened to Alice uh, back this morning for just a few minutes, and he made a statement that I can't get off of my mind. The thief on the cross who had been cussing and criticizing the Lord as soon as he died was in paradise. And upon arrival, someone asked, how'd you get here? (laughs) Because the guy on the middle cross said so. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Nothing he done, but because the guy on the middle cross said so. Ah, Good morning. Happy Easter. It's an awesome day, over 212 here this morning, I think was the count, and that's the first time, as Kelly just mentioned, in over two years uh, we've had that kind of attendance, and we're grateful and thankful you're here and hope you enjoy the service and that you come back um, in the days to come and weeks to come. This morning's message we've, is, is number seven uh, the, the last in a series titled simply Resurrection. And today's message is simply Because He Lives. Because He Lives. I, I, I personally had a happy childhood. We were poor, um, but I didn't realize it. Um, and, and that's a good thing. Uh, I was raised by a single parent mom as, as a child early on and, and in the summertime, because she worked uh, while school was out, we stayed with my grandparents, and she would come to my grandparents. We lived in Cerrito and over on the south side in Huntington, and my grandparents had a dairy farm about three or four miles that way as the crow flies, and we stayed there, and instead of us going home to her on the weekends, she came to my grandparents to, to see us, and so... Uh, when I was 12, we actually moved to the farm, and I saw my grandparents every day. So my grandparents had a big influence uh, in my life. My grandmother was a godly woman. Uh, <laughs> I say that. I remember one time uh, the neighbor who was a prankster put a big old spider. We had a feed barrel. Johnny Smith can relate to this. We had a feed barrel that you fed the dairy cows as they come in to be milked and you put a couple gallon of corn in the manger in front of them and that was my grandmother's job. She put the corn in so the cows would eat while we was milking them. And somebody put this great old big spider plastic down in that feed barrel. Uh, Alden White was his name. And uh, Alden put this big old spider down in there and my grandma was mad because she said the word shoot when she went to, you know, look in that feed barrel. Uh, and, and that was her cursing to her, you know. She was, she was very upset with herself. And so, uh, but, but I remember my grandmother as a child growing up. She used to sing 
all the time. And one of her favorite songs was I'll Fly Away. I'll fly away, oh glory. And now I know heaven's flag is flying at half mast because I'm singing. But, but that, was her, that was her favorite song. And, and other, another one of her favorite songs was the title of today's message, Because He Lives. And she would go around all the time singing that song, Because He Lives. And it, it really had meaning in her life. Uh, in in her probably 60s, maybe 70s, um, her and she helped my grandfather there on the dairy farm, and they were, she had actually taken him lunch, I think, and he was clearing uh, the creek bank, and it, it cut down a huge sycamore tree, and he was hauling the logs out with the tractor, and he had my grandmother go turn the tractor off, and when she reached in in the middle to turn that tractor off, her elbow hit the gear shift and it knocked it in gear and it run across her with the rear wheel smashed her pelvis and and for the remainder of her life uh, she got to where she could walk and uh, he blamed himself and and she you know lived with that the rest of her life crippled um, to some extent but yet she still would sing that song because he lives because he lives And if you asked her why she was still singing that song, even though she had gone through all the suffering, she was quick to tell you, because I can face tomorrow. She would tell you, um, uh, you know, uh, all fear is gone. He holds my future, and life is worth the living because he lives. And... And every year at Easter, the memory of her singing that song fills my heart with the joy of her singing it and the resurrection because he lives. And so I'll never forget, um, you know, her, her, her singing that song and and, and I'll, another thing I'll never forget, and those of you that were with us, uh, Linda, in 2013, and Perry, and, 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 Dan, and Kelly, and, and Pam and Dan, we got to visit the Garden Tomb in, in Israel. And there's a sign there, and I noticed this morning the lady, a lady that was with us had it posted uh, on her Facebook page, he is risen. He's not here. He's risen. And folks, he ain't in there. <laughs> you know, uh, because he lives, we have hope. And my grandma, um, her husband, shortly, just a few years after that accident, he, he had sold his dairy cattle and was raising beef cattle and on his way to the house one morning he had a massive heart attack in the front yard and did not make it and and yet she still sang that song because he lives and folks this world the enemy throws a lot at us in a lifetime we've talked this morning about sadness uh uh, my goodness, we, we all have reason to have something to be sad about. And it's really what filter you look at it through and how you focus on it. 
because, I mean, we can talk about addiction, we can talk about the loss of a loved one, we can talk about the loss of a job, we can talk about divorce. Uh, Those are just the things I spoke with people and counseled about this week. Just this week. And and so that's enough to make us all to give up if that's all we focus on and don't look at it through the filter of because he lives, you know, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, I have hope. And, and, and my hope is not something that is, I hope I win a million dollars. My hope is an earnest, earnest expectation that I know it's going to happen someday. And so because he lives, we can face tomorrow. He ain't in there. And what a glorious thought, you know. Uh, I want you to read with me. They're going to put it up, 2 Corinthians 4, 14 through 18, and, and so we can read it. And I want you to just listen to what Paul says in, in, the first, in, in this whole passage. It's rather lengthy, but we're going to read it. It says, Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus. We're going to be resurrected someday. The bodies of your loved ones that you put in the ground are coming out in a glorified body with no more pain, no more sorrow, because he lives and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, underline that, that grace having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. It's grace is the reason, because the guy in the middle said so. Grace, he gives it to us, and and it's a free gift. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. We're all dying. You're a day closer to death today than you were yesterday. We're perishing. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Day by day, he helps us through. And, and, and notice what, on he, what else he says. For our light affliction. <laughs> That's a guy that was cast out of the city, left for dead, uh, snake bit, about drowned. Our light affliction, which is but for a moment. Folks, the life we're living here is very short compared to eternity. Eternity lasts forever. Put that on a timeline. You're... 50, 60, 70, 80 years is very short. And if you're going to spend eternity, you better be prepared that it's in heaven and not in hell. That our light affliction is but for a moment. It is working for us a far exceeding and eternal weight of glory. (laughs) Woo! While we do not look at the things which are seen, but to the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary. Whatever you're going through is temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. 
Man, just stop and think about the, the, the totality of those four verses. He who raised up Jesus will raise us up with him, and therefore we will not lose heart. Don't, don't, don't get depressed. Run over by a tractor, loss of a, of a spouse, divorce, loss of a job, house burns down. Addiction, alcoholic, single parent trying to make ends meet. Even though our outward man is perishing, our light affliction, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. That's the strength of the resurrection that we have to live until Jesus calls our home or he returns to take us all out. I told someone yesterday, I, I, I don't care to be on the next plane. I just want everybody to go at one time, you know. <laughs> Man. I, I feel like Miss Ritchie. Uh, there, uh, there was a little frail lady. Reminds me, to be honest with you, uh, of, of your mother here this morning, uh, Terry. Um, I mean, she was frail, and and this little old lady in the previous church where I, I was assistant pastor, she would get happy and stand, and she'd pull out a handkerchief, and and she would just stand in place. And, and I mean in a Baptist church where only the men said amen. <laughs> she'd stand up on about the third row right down front, and she'd get her hanky out, and she'd start swinging that hanky, and she'd jump, and right in the middle, the preacher just had to stop because she is louder than everybody else in the room, and he had the microphone, and she hollered one word, whoopee, whoopee, whoopee. And after a while, she'd get over her blessing, and she'd sit back down. That's the way I feel this morning. Whoopee, whoopee, we have hope. Because he lives. We can face tomorrow because he lives. We can endure what the enemy throws at us because he lives. <laughs> Whoopee! We are renewed day by day and our light affliction is but for a moment. Because he lives, we have hope. Because he lives, he lives in us. John 14, 17, I want you to listen to what Christ said. Here's how you do it. Here's how you have hope. Here's how you can face tomorrow. He lives in us, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. This is not for, you all don't have this if you're in this room and have never trusted Christ. You don't have the Holy Spirit living in you. The world does not receive it whom the world cannot receive, neither it, it sees him nor knows him. You don't know the Lord the way everybody else in this room. I don't see how you face tomorrow without hope and Christ living in you. Listen to the, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. That's how we do it. The Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity, lives in us and we can face tomorrow because he lives in us. Man, I wish someone would have told me two or three of these things early on in my Christian walk. The fact is, 
I wish it had told me a lot of stuff, but because he lives, the Holy Spirit lives in me. I didn't realize what that looked like, that there's a relationship that goes on with someone inside of me. We can have success. If you're here today and you're struggling, you're depressed, you, can't, you don't think you can get out of bed of the morning, remember he lives in you and you can have success as a follower of Jesus. If you got saved yesterday or 50 years ago, God is working in you today. And you cannot stay the same if Jesus comes to live in you. You cannot. God's work begins immediately and God's work is continually in the life of a believer or a follower of Jesus. He works in your life. Why? Because he has a plan for your life. And he is done with you when you're dead. Remember that. Only then. Because he lives in us. I wish also someone had told me that it takes time to renew our minds and change our lives. Oh, I wish the church could get this straight. Salvation is instantaneous. Instantaneous. You put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you're going to heaven when you die. It's, 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 it's an instantaneous act. But your Christian life in the image of Christ is what we're supposed to be takes a lifetime to complete that masterpiece. And it is only finished when you see Jesus. That's it. <laughs> Unbelievers, though, are set up for failure. Because of the church. You know why? Because they think that they are to get up from an altar or in your seat or in your car or at your home, wherever it is you trust Christ. They think that, that, that they are to get up from that, that altar after trusting Christ and behave and think and live perfectly. And the church has preached and taught that. And there is nothing further from the truth. You add on top of that a church philosophy that if you don't live a sinless life and you don't live perfect, you're going to lose your salvation. And, or you didn't get saved to begin with. And that is nothing further from the truth of this Bible. How is it eternal life if you get it today and lose it tomorrow? He lives in us. He will transform your life, but it takes time and you are not set up for failure. It takes time and more for some than others. Some of us have a whole lot more baggage to get rid of than others. Jesus did not die to establish 
a behavior modification program to create rules and regulations and standards to content for those around you or Christian people to continually criticize those doing their best to live for him. He did not create a group of Pharisees and legalists and hypocrites to critique others either. The Holy Spirit lives in you to help you renew your mind and change your life. And He has sealed you unto the day of redemption. And that's not my words, that's Bible. He lives in you. And let me tell you, there's really two or three simple things that will help you more than anything else in your entire life, in your Christian walk. Number one, and I do not apologize, and I know some of you are here on Easter and I'm not trying to beat you over the head, but church attendance is one of the ways you can prosper in your Christian life. Because in my opinion, the first step away from God is away from God's people. The second thing is you need to be here worshiping God. Not to help you, but to praise Him who died for you. Helping you is a side effect of your worship. Our worship is toward God. Reading your Bible is the second thing that will help you more than anything else. You say, but I don't understand it. Get out of the Old Testament, read Leviticus then, and start reading in the New Testament. Something that you can understand. You don't feed your babies steak when they come home from the hospital, and you can't digest some of the stuff that you read if you're in the Old Testament trying to understand Leviticus. Get in the book of John and read it. And, and even though you may not understand it, my grandma, because he lives, he used to tell, she used to say, read your Bible. And if you don't understand, it's like pouring water through a, or pouring water through a sieve. It's cleaner when it comes out the other side. And you'll be cleaner. You'll do better. You'll live better if you're reading your Bible. And spend some time in prayer. I'm not an advocate of a confession booth. But if you'll confess your sins to God daily, you'll live better. If, If you'll go to Him in prayer over your problems, He'll help you because He lives in you. He lives in you. He gives, and and you say, I I just don't understand how that happens because reading God's word is reading God's will for your life. You say, how's that happen? Because the Bible said it is a light unto my path. That's your will. That's his will for your life. And the more you read, the more he'll guide you. The more you'll understand what his plan is for your life. Folks, 
Our paths are, are in dark, dark places in this world. And the truth of the matter is, we are as sick as our secrets. And this Bible will illuminate your secrets. The things that you keep in hiding. And the Holy Spirit will guide you out of the things that are causing and wreaking havoc in your Christian walk. If you'll read it and pray. He gives us guidance. He exposes our sin. He gives us direction by attending church, reading the Bible, and praying. Because he lives, because he lives, we have hope. Because he lives, he lives in us. (coughs) And lastly, because he lives, we know death isn't the end. So many people fear fear death. And if you're an unsaved individual, you ought to fear death. If I could strike the fear of God into you this morning enough to make you put your faith and trust in God, so be it. But you ought to fear death because hell is real. We, to be absent from the body as a Christian, is to be present with the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be in hell where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. That's Bible. That's not my words. Jesus preached more about hell than he did about heaven. Why? Trying to to scare people? No, I think just trying to expose the truth, that's where you're going to spend eternity if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But 365 times, one for every day of the year, we find in God's word, do not be afraid to the follower of Christ. Christ's resurrection is proof there is life after death. Hebrews 2.15 says this, it releases those through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage, those that are afraid of death and don't know Christ. The resurrection of Christ releases you from that fear when you put your faith and trust in Him and believe in Him. That passage states that Christ's resurrection, you think about that, releases us from the bondage of the fear of death. Many of you were not there. But Verbi Brock, we had her funeral yesterday. And the last time she was here, she sat right there on the back row. And I asked her, I said, Verbi, how you doing? And her words to me, I'm ready to go home. And I teasingly said to her, but you just got here, is it that bad? And she said, she laughed and she smiled. She said, I mean, I'm ready to go home, home. And it was confirmed three other times. Michael said she was ready to go home. Perry told me that she was ready to go home. That was her words. And Lona said she told the doctor that when they unplugged her from life support, I'm ready to go home. (laughs) No fear, no death. Why? No fear of death. Why? Why? Because she was ready to go home. 
She had the assurance. (laughs) Because he lives, I don't have to be afraid. Because he was buried, you can be raised. Because his promises are true, you can have hope. Because he came down to you, you don't have to work your way to him. His body was broken so your life can be whole. Because he was forsaken, you will never be alone. Because he lives, we know death is not the end. Whoopee! Hallelujah. Because he lives, we can be forgiven. And there's not a person in this room that doesn't need forgiven. There's not one in this room that lives a life of sinless perfection. Oh my, the burden, the chains of sin and guilt, the shame. Blue lights flashing behind you. I don't care if it's just a driving award. DUI, that that that's the guilt, the shame. Oh, let me get pulled off up a side road somewhere where somebody doesn't see me. <laughs> say, how you know so much about that? I've been there. <laughs> Done that. You don't spend 200,000 miles, 260,000 the last year I worked on the road without getting driving awards. (laughs) You name the ones they issue and I can check them off from the worst to the best of them. The burden, the change, the sin, the guilt, the shame... The embarrassment, (laughs) oh, to be forgiven because he lives. We can be forgiven and it feels good when you give it to someone that's remorseful and you should, but it feels great to be on the receiving end. The grace and mercy of God is so unbelievable and unexplainable because he was died and rose again because he lives we can receive forgiveness we struggle for words to explain it indescribable but when you truly understand what true grace and mercy is and how easily it is attainable Because he lives, we can be forgiven. God accepted his death as sacrifice for our sins. And it's as easy as confessing our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And if we say we have no sin, what? We make him a liar. That's to the child of God. (laughs) We, John said, he's not talking to unsaved people. 
because he died, was buried, and rose again. Our sins are forgiven if we simply believe by faith. I say it again. Somebody give me a hanky. Whoopee! Whoopee! That's enough to make a Presbyterian shout, folks. Some of you all ain't shouted for years. It'd do you good. Whoopee! Everybody, whoopee! And it's Easter. If you can't get happy and let your hair, I don't have any hair to let down. Mine not only turned gray, it turned loose. Can't let your hair down once a year and have a Super Bowl of fun on Easter. There's something wrong with you. Because we have something to say whoopee about. We have a risen Savior. And because He lives, we have hope. Because He lives, we can face tomorrow. Because He lives, He lives in us. Because He lives, Absolutely, because he lives, we are forgiven. And if you don't have that joy inside, get it today before you leave this room. It's not about you straightening up and flying right. It's not about you having to quit your job, whatever your job is, and get into something to where... Kevin would know him. I had a great friend. His family owned the Budweiser distribution in Charleston, West Virginia. Worked for me, drove truck. Kenny's whole hang-up was, I'd have to sell our family business. Not to get to heaven, you don't. I've got another good friend that owned every liquor store in all three counties in West Virginia. His hang-up was, I'd have to sell my business. Nope. Today, the guy on the middle cross said so. He'll guide your life through and out of whatever it is. Last time I seen Bob Nall, before he died, was in a Lowe's. He was in a wheelchair. He owned all these poker machines and somebody knocked him down to roll him and take his money and it broke his hip. Bob, have you ever put your faith and trust in Christ? He said, I so want to believe what you're telling me. I knelt with him right there in Lowe's and I said, Bob, please, before it's too late, put your faith in Christ. Straighten up and flying right has nothing to do with it. All that will take care of itself. You just believe in Jesus. 
And because he lives, he'll help you with whatever your struggle is. You don't have to give up your addiction. You don't have to do anything but put your faith in Christ. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. And repentance, changing your life, is a work of the Holy Spirit. Let's stand.